0: Welcome to the Whole Church Podcast, your favorite church unity podcast, probably. If you want to hear from pastors, professors, and everything in between, right? Sure. And you know the occasional train talk, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, have we got the podcast for you? And thanks for listening to the Whole Church Podcast. It's your host Joshua and your co-host Tiberius One, TJ. Yeah. Um, before we start with anything today, we have um, Becky Walker, who's. Lead of the Women's Ministries mm-hmm. at Anderson University. We're gonna start with that, but before we do, we wanted to read one of the comments on our iTunes account. It's uh, Shane Jeffrey it says, "Longtime listener, first time reviewer. Thank you for all your amazing content that you put up here and on the site. It's super encouraging." With two S's, so I guess it's super encouraging. Super encouraging. Super. Yeah. super. And uh, also yeah. with us is Erin Hardy. Hey. Yeah. yeah. She's been a ghost on the podcast before. Yeah. As a guest host. She didn't really want to speak but still wanted to be a part of it. I have my fiance who refuses to speak, and, uh, yeah, I'm engaged. Tiffany, soon to be Noel. I'm gonna make her attend. Her middle name's Elizabeth, so we'll be T E N. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, so um, we read the iTunes comment. That's a uh, one way that people can see the podcast is anyone who comments on it, it allows more people to see it because there's more ratings and reviews on it. I don't understand how right. iTunes works, but it like works a, like that somehow. It's like a you know, what's hot.
1: Yeah. People are commenting on this. Let's show it to other people.
0: Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Um, another way you could support us is on the Patreon. Right now, we're doing the free giveaway for Kindle Fire 7. Not free. Uh, sort of free. It's $3. You support us, and you get all the other content, and then you just so happen to get a giveaway, which isn't really why they're doing the Patreon, hopefully. Right. Yeah. So, we're still doing that. So, if you want to support us, patreon.com forward slash the whole church podcast Uh Something like that. Yeah. Before um, May 21st. Yeah. The link will be. In the show notes, and what
1: what all do they get with that? Uh, well, when you support us on Patreon, you get access to our daily devotionals, our extra content, the uh, too long didn't listen,
2: which That's my is my favorite series. Yeah,
1: which is where we ask our uh, guests to summarize the entire podcast in ten seconds. Yeah, and then we post that on the Patreon for people who may be too busy and like. Also, we're also if you just also you it's know,
0: amusing. It is fun to listen. Yeah, to. it's really quick quick audio clip and you're like, wow, like, I was, I've was, been really impressed by some of them. Right. One, one guy did it in four and a half seconds. Our favorite. previous guest. Yeah. yeah uh, last Link, guest. Yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, so let's jump into today where we're going to start with a really deep question. So I might take some thoughts, so we'll start with it and I'll right. kind of defer to you. Um, first one, just hard-hitting, what's your favorite type of cloud? Right, right. And by type, you mean like...
1: Yeah. type of clown like cumulus stratus cumulonimbus, cumulus nimbus cumulus or you could just say like, big shape, fluffy mm, bunny shaped mm. got
3: it yeah I have to go with a big fluffy bunny shaped or big, something like oh. that camel shaped whatever shape <laughs> kind of into yeah. camels mm-hmm. so are cool.
0: yeah yes they are I can't remember the last time I saw a camel shaped cloud. Uh, that, that would it, be cool. it would like, happen it like, happened can yeah, it have happen. as many humps as you want does it, does it still count as a camel shaped cloud if it has like 10 humps well, i think it, that's a stretch I camel think, that's a different area of
3: yeah one hump is a dromedary and, and a two hump is a camel i think or yeah. something there's there's well, some I there's think, a
1: difference between the two, but i may I have a mixed they're up they're both classified as camel I mean, Sally uh-huh. Camel a lot of uh, uh, dromedaries are just like a like sub i don't want to say sect that's not right sub family so there sub you species. go okay and uh I just think people don't know the name that name for a regular camel because
0: most people just call it a camel.
3: Oh, okay.
0: You know, there it's you odd it. how often your biology major expertise kind of stuff comes in handy on a it does. podcast. It yeah. does. It's <laughs> weird. But, uh, Joshua, what's your favorite kind of cloud? Yeah, I like fog. Like mean, when fog, it's like nighttime yeah. and it's like foggy. Maybe you have like that one like yellow street line. I just like the serenity of it. It's kind nice. Of cool. yeah. Fog. Aaron. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I like when people post pictures of like clouds that look like Jesus. Those are kind of Jesus interesting. clouds. Yeah, you okay. know. Oh. The ones that are shaped like Jesus. And they're right. Like, oh, he's coming. I've so
0: literally never heard of that. Really? You've never really, seen either. like I'm people post that like down. pictures? Jesus cloud. <laughs> like, <was just> like, <laughs> clouds. Like clouds
2: shaped like Jesus? Clouds. Yeah.
0: yeah um, if you want to send your best Jesus cloud picture to or any cloud cloud church pictures. at gmail.com, we would
1: love to see it. You're about yeah. to Google my, it. Uh, my favorite cloud is actually the uh, Asperatus cloud, oh. which is uh, the mm-hmm. most recent addition to, well, not addition, but, most recently named cloud in, uh, you know, the Meteorological Society. In, uh, in 2017 was when it was officially named. And it's just like a really rough cloud. Like, it looks like, have you ever seen like a really close-up picture of a cat's tongue? And it's kind of like rough. And it looks kind of like that. Are you talking of... about the one that looks like
0: soft surf? What? Show me a picture of clouds that look like soft surf. And just like ice cream filling the sky. No. Well, what was that one? I don't know. Huh. It doesn't sound like you're describing anything.
1: Oh.
0: Alright. But, uh, yeah. Asperatus. It's. Uh, what it was it the one cool. looked that looked really cool? I don't know, well, uh, you were, like, uh, going to give an honorable mention to Ooh.
1: It was, uh, Cirrus... Ah, oh, it starts with an F. It, it was a really wispy cloud. It looked like, uh, baby hairs. I think
0: that's I what know. I was thinking.
1: Maybe. It, cool. a, it looks like baby hairs when they curve up. Hmm. It was just a really wispy cloud formation. Hmm. That has a name, apparently.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So instead of introducing you myself, I'm just gonna move away from the cloud stuff. Um, Aaron has known you for a while. Aaron is one of our writers on the website, Teams Al, and she's yeah been guest host before. Um, Aaron, do you want to introduce yourself and our guest today?
2: Hey, I'm Aaron. He's already introduced me. And with us is Becky Walker. She was my boss for what, three years? Three Two years? Close three to that. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, she was the greatest boss I've ever had, <laughs> the only one, but I'm definitely the greatest. And so I'm going to let her tell her tell about herself a little bit, okay. what she does, because she has so many titles that I don't <laughs> even well, know them all.
0: Introducing your husband, deferred twice now. Yeah, I know. I well, know, well, right? That's I'll okay. You should, that's a yeah. deferred attempt. Yeah. Let's yes. see what happens. No, I'll, I'll let you. You want me to do it? Okay. She just had, she You're just, just
2: does better. so much <laughs> that it's hard to keep track of it all. I was her assistant for two years and I couldn't even keep track of it all. That sounds
1: like you were a bad assistant. I got her wrong. No, also. she wasn't.
3: She was amazing. Oh my goodness. I couldn't do it without her. So um but I am the um associate campus minister here at Anderson University and uh work with women specifically for women which is nice about 70 percent of um, all college students but definitely here are women so it's nice to have uh, i think that the school and in, has invested um time and energy in having a women's minister so it's been really cool um, I, th- I help with other aspects of my job or helping with some of the ministry um, um like i do ministry houses i've done camps I've done some administrative stuff with things like a lot that. Of mission so, trips too, right? yeah, tons of mission trips. Yes, we we go. We've been to Guatemala, Italy, Haiti. Um, getting ready to go to London uh, in the next few weeks. So, I forgot
2: to tell you about the um, Jenkins Kentucky trip. Yes, we, we do. We year. do
3: a Jenkins Kentucky trip every year, working Kentucky, with yeah. with um, unwed mothers that are struggling with um, their babies being born and having enough to buy for them and things like that. So. Wow. So it's been it's been quite an adventure. Twelve years doing that. So
0: sounds like we could record a few podcasts today. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, right? yeah, we yeah we, we have plenty of time. No, no. I <laughs> oh, mean, okay. So um, sweet, sweet. I did want to take time for some train talk. Oh, we're gonna do that now. I yes. like train talk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> listen, listen. It's important. So there's a town in Florida. I don't have the article, on but right. we'll share the article link in the notes. But they've passed a law about having a quiet zone. This train goes through the town. It makes a lot of noise. keeps people up. And they were all complaining about it. So they passed a law where it can't blow its whistle in there now. But then the legislation decided, no, that's that's dangerous. So, yeah, no whistle. But we'll make the dings, like for the crossing, super loud. So everyone still knows the train's coming. And I just found it really interesting because it seems like the most self-defeating thing I could possibly think of.
3: Yeah. Well, I was actually raised in a train town, and oh, I no. actually like trains, and I like the noise, and we yeah. so never bothered. My grandmother lives in a train town. Yeah, um, I grew scared. up in a train
1: town, but uh, we rarely ever had trains. Yeah, like it was it was Inman, Inman, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. We used to be the peach capital of the uh, world, probably definitely the that's country. True. Mm-hmm. But uh, we had a super active train depot. Just apparently, not in the past twenty years. <laughs>
3: Well, we were a crazy little town. It was the hub of the Seaboard Coastline Railroad. They have the, the Seaboard
0: in so, Matthew. We just talked yes, about that on our okay. reflections, yeah. those mm-hmm. we did for, yeah. on
3: Patreon. So that's where I was from. So there was, like, tons of trains all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I people. really like trains. It's kind of died out now, which is kind of sad. But there's, but there's a cool train set. station there. Well, you ever they go also,
0: there. they are building a, like, mass train system for America. Yeah, I've heard and about that. so that'll that. be really
3: cool. I hope it happens. Me it needs to. to happen. I'm
0: following yes. on Twitter and doing everything possible to support Wonderful. that decision. I agree. I want more trains. I do too. That's great. So that was train talk. <laughs> <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> okay so do you have the article up that we i don't i can pull it up yeah we we had an article recently I, I noticed from a lot of more conservative evangelicals were sharing and wishing their best to the family of oh, man i can't of oh, her name rachel evans Is rachel, rachel evans yeah that, that's what i was looking for oh, i always forget her name uh she just she recently passed um had some heart problems in hospital stuff so, and it's something we wanted to bring up just it was interesting to us because she's very well not traditional. She had the yeah. flu, and then she had a severe allergic
1: reaction to the antibiotics they gave her, mm. and that gave her uh, seizures, and that caused swelling of the brain. It was a whole thing. Yeah, mm. well, that didn't. Huh. They induced a coma. the heart thing did happen. It was a whole. It was a whole bad thing. Well,
0: the interesting thing to me, she had a lot of. Debate online with like Tim Keller, John Piper, all of them, mm-hmm. because she's very progressive evangelical. Mm-hmm. She supported you know LGBT stuff in the church, and uh, she I think she supported abortion as well. I, I might be wrong with that, but I'm not, like ninety five percent sure on that too. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting that you know someone really progressive they battled a lot, and then as soon as she passed, you know they're all support showing so much support for her family and everything in them, even though they disagreed so sure. much while she was around, and you know, sure. I like that. Just a cool example of church unity, I think. Yes, we talk a lot about hey, there's a problem, let's fix it. I just thought it'd be cool to do a shout out for a moment where the church was really united and showing support in that area. I thought it was really neat. Mm -hmm. Support to um, she was so
1: young, she was only 37.
3: Wow, yeah, and uh,
1: tragic. mm -hmm. People have been sending their condolences to her husband Dan, who was her high school sweetheart, college sweetheart. Yeah, -hmm. it's just tragic. Yeah. But uh, she also wrote a book called uh, "A Year of Biblical Womanhood,"
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and uh, have you read it?
3: I don't think I've read that. Really? Yeah.
1: That sounds like something that you might. Uh, I'll look into book Because, that because one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she lived for a year, strictly adhering to what the Bible says women. How oh Bible yes, I've heard read. of that. Yes, yeah. I have. I have heard of that book. I haven't, I haven't read, it read it yet, but I've just you know seen summaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I've heard of it too. I I never read it.
0: I, I mean, I guess I I gotta confess, like I just. Not that I don't care about women's ministry, but oh, no. it just was like I have so many other platforms that I care about. I just don't think I really read too much about that mm-hmm. specific topic. Right. I struggled a lot with you know the whole should women be pastors thing because our the mm-hmm. church we're a part of is, mm-hmm. supports it, and then right. uh, the college mm-hmm. I went to a lot of professors didn't support it. So
3: mm-hmm.
0: I, I read up on it until I was like I felt like I could make an informed decision where I stand on that. And then I was like, yeah, I think I'm good.
3: Yeah, yeah. well, I think I think there's just you know, broad, broad perspectives on, on women in the church and what that looks like. And if you look at egalitarianism or complementarianism, those are the two terms that they use all the time to, to try to, you know, um, um, explain, you know, and I think a a lot of, I think a lot of people sort of fall in the middle of those two theories, but those, you know, that's just my perspective.
1: uh, Will you explain to us what those are, respectively, egalitarianism and
3: complementarianism? Well, egal- egalitarianism is is more is more traditional um, roles of women mm-hmm. that we've seen in the past hundred years, I guess, right. uh, and earlier, um, where you know women um, are not to be in any any type of roles or um, you know th- where they're leading out that they they have more submissive roles in the church. Yeah. What's it and.
0: I want to say there's seven different times in New Testament. That's I may I may instance. have said that wrong.
3: Submit? Yeah, I think I may have said that wrong. I think it's complementarianism that's that, mm-hmm. and egalitarianism is more of a liberal view of. I'm sorry, I had that wrong. I apologize, but complementarianism is more the traditional view where women complement the 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 male and the and the church, mm-hmm. and then egalitarianism where there's more equality, like you're 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 more equal right. in your roles. So those are kind of that's it's a very broad. Um, definition of that, but you know it's a lot involved in if you start studying this.
0: I actually, which we're gonna have the pastor of this church on too, um, Crossway Church where I went in mm-hmm. Wilmington is a non denominational church. They were adamantly against women in certain mm-hmm. leadership positions. Yeah, I know they they allowed them in like children's church, and like women's ministry, obviously no other ministry, and they actually had like a huge debate on whether or not it would be okay to work somewhere where a woman was your manager. And that was interesting to me. I don't think the pastor was ever in on that, but they did have a debate. That was just mm-hmm. interesting to me. That's kind of uh, terrible. Well, I mean, it is interesting. It, it's centered around... Actually, I did want to read this, too. It's centered around a Bible or group of verses in 2 Timothy, chapter 2. Mm-hmm. So actually, I'll go ahead and read that, because that most of the discussion about this particular topic kind mm-hmm. of centers around that. So it would be nice to have that. Okay, so it's chapter 2, starting in verse 9. And, of course, I do New American Standard Bible, because it's the best. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I like like saying that just because people can't argue back if they're (laughs) just listening, unless they email us. Yeah. I'll read your arguments on the podcast if you email me. (laughs) We'll have a debate episode. Yeah. It'll be good. I'll just keep going back and forth with you until we have a full recording.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, starting in verse 9, it says, Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, not with braided hair, In gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works, as is proper for women, making a claim to godliness. A woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness. But I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet. For it was Adam who was first created, and then Eve, and it was not Adam who was deceived. But the woman being deceived fell into transgression. But women will be preserved... Through the bearing of children, if they continue in faith and love and sanctity, with with self restraint. I oh, know that's so kind those of those hard hard, those hard words, at the end.
1: Huh,
0: we It was a a very us, yeah. like it was a very you know plain view from Paul to that church, which of course we get into a lot of argument on: is that cultural? Is that like what's the context? that in how does that apply today? And there's a lot of like exegetical jumping jacks people like to try and do. The, figure out what to do Mm -hmm. with that verse. Um, Yeah,
3: it's, it's highly, highly complicated. I agree. What what do you do with that? Well, um, I, I grew up pretty much traditional, traditional church. And so I, when I, when I teach this particular course, um, I pretty much fall on the side of, um, I like, for example, I don't know if I could be underneath a woman pastor for me personally, that would be sort of challenging. Um, and, and I've, we've had, we did have women deacons. I felt like that was appropriate. You know, whenever I was growing up, that became something that was popular and, uh, women deacons were voting in. And I felt like that was accurate and appropriate. Um, I think that again, we're back to the broad spectrum of what, all what everybody believes is, is really so different now. And there's so many, there's so many different perspectives, you know, on this, but, um, I do think that, you know, that particular verse, if we look at the cultural context of those, those times, I think that had a lot to do with it. I don't, I don't see that time as much different as this time that we're in right now, where people are, um, you know, we're seeing women coming to the forefront, being more, more opinionated about things, having, you know, we're seeing that happen finally. I mean, we're still, yeah. we're still sort of, fighting for that in our culture, but we're seeing more and more of that. And so my feeling is, is that Paul was coming up against those kinds of things in the culture and the churches were as well. So Paul was
0: against women speaking up more?
3: Well, I think he, I think he supported women. I think he wanted, I think he wanted them to understand um, that the role of the church was, was not a control factor you know, but more yeah. of more of a place of love and acceptance and those kinds of things. And my perception is is in that in that culture there may have been a lot of controlling going on.
0: Now a lot of people are going to hear verses like that or like opinions mm-hmm. like, you yeah. know, not having that first thought is how how is it different than sexism? You know, a lot of people it's the question on the mind, so could could you address that people?
3: Well, I think that um, we, we have to look at how Christ treated women. That to me, I mean, Paul, too, I mean, Paul's works are in the Bible, and I agree with his, his writings. But I think we have to look uh, what how did Christ treat women. I mean, the first evangelist was a woman, right, and a sexually assaulted woman. So that's kind of interesting. She was the first one they told at the woman of the well to go and tell. Everyone else, he says, "Don't tell, don't tell, don't tell," and she was the first to go and and you know share with people. So I found that interesting that 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 happened in the scriptures. And so um, I I feel like Christ is really our um, measurement, you know, of how he treated women. In well,
0: actually, scripture. I always think it's really interesting that like, if, especially if you think culturally, the Bible has always been a lot more for women than the things around it were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for, yes. one thing. I Actually, I read really recently, but archaeologically, the earliest writings from the Bible we found are the Song of Miriam and the Song of Deborah, both works mm-hmm. from women, mm-hmm. which are really interesting.
3: It's fascinating. Yeah. It's absolutely fascinating.
0: But um, yeah, so and that- we're talking about Paul. Yes.
3: And I think I don't I think, again, I think Paul's writings were, were related to the culture that the church was in. Does that make sense? And I think there may have been you know the adornment and all of those things might have been associated. Like if you adorn yourself that way, which was part of the culture, but that may have been associated with other cults or other groups. Mm-hmm. And I think he was trying to pull the church from not being like the world. If that if that makes sense, and so he wrote these things in order to help the Christian woman look look quite different from that. If that so, makes so not sense, not quite a law. He wasn't
0: saying any woman wearing pearls is going to hell.
3: Exactly. You know, yeah, I think he was really trying to to um, I guess you know create ho- you know holiness, which is separ- set- setting ourselves apart. I mean, we're part of the world, but yet we're setting ourselves
1: apart. So it's like uh, this might be a loose loose analogy, but. Uh... The uh uh, a swastika is originally some, is originally a symbol of peace for uh, Western no Eastern uh, countries religions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used it in Taoism. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Taoism. Like I think it was originally a Taoist. Yeah, and it was always meant to be for peace. Mm. But then Hitler decided to use the swastika to portray his
0: movement, and all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. That's bad. A swastika is something. Exactly. So you're it. saying that Paul would be against us using swastikas today? Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> that, that's interesting. But it's, uh, it's kind of like that. Like mm-hmm. these, this group uses those
1: mm-hmm. to, you know, present themselves. Mm-hmm. So we, as a group, should not.
3: Mm-hmm. It's like that. Yeah, I think it's sort. Of, I think it's that way.
0: Well, I think that's sort of like we talked about this last week too. But uh, the whole law about tattoos and piercings. Yeah. They made that because back in that time, like having a tattoo is, hey, someone did this to show that they owned you. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, don't mm-hmm. do that. Don't look like a slave. You're my people. You're not slaves. Mm-hmm. And now that's a lot less relevant. You know? Right. I, I don't yeah. I don't look at a biker that's all tatted up. It's like, ah, I bet he's someone's slave.
3: Right. And, right.
0: Yeah. But you know, many life.
3: people in the many people in the um traditional churches do look down on that still. Mm-hmm. Many yeah. many of the people do, you know. So it's kind of yeah, interesting. I've
1: heard uh Lots of debates at uh, the summer camp that yeah, uh, we both most went to. Mm. And uh, pretty much every year, someone asks the small group, hey, are tattoos unbiblical? And usually the answer comes out to be only if they're not in the glory of God. Because mm. yeah. well, that's, that's, like, it's
0: really like the most non offensive answer. Yeah. What, what Dr. Link said last time is all things. He's like, that law existed. Same reason we have different laws now, it's who are you worshipping with what you're doing? Exactly.
3: Well, I think it kinda of goes back to the intent of the heart, you know, yep. for people. Yep. What is your intention? You, you know, intentions. if women and then back to this scripture in Timothy, like if if women's intention was to control, was to to be looked up to, was to does that if that's yep. their intention, I think Paul was trying to say, This is not the, this is not what you're here to do. You know, your intention is to... to um, and clearly submission is something we struggle with, you know, um, Eve struggled with submission, you know, Adam struggled with, I don't care. You know, if he had cared, he probably would have jumped in and knocked her down and stopped her from biting an apple. But indifference, indifference is like the, the greatest sin, you yeah. know. So, you know, we can't just ignore the fact that, you know, women that in that particular scripture that this might have been a, in my opinion, my perspective, is there's, yeah. that was an issue that they culturally were kind of coming across that way and he was trying to help the church not to have that kind of role.
0: That's, um, outside of this, just as a grander picture, verse I, I really like. So in Colossians, Paul's writing, and he kind of does this struggle with himself throughout the book almost. Mm-hmm. You know, He's like, okay, so now we have freedom. We could do that stuff. What does it look like? Well, God's a God of order, so it still looks this way. And he paints an example, and like a lot of the examples are very much like, you know, women submit to the husband and this, and it's like really sounds legalistic to us today, mm-hmm. I guess, but mm-hmm. he's trying to like struggle with this whole idea of God is a God of order, but also we are free now, and what does that look like?
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: um, near the end, in Colossians 4, verse 6, it says, let your speech always be with grace. As a seasonal assault, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. Mm. If you look at the original language, instead of person, it could be situation. That word for that's like, it, it's really vague. And word. that language is. Yeah, Greek. Greek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then um, where it says you will know, it's uh, perfect future tense in Greek, which, which means it's like we're continuously learning this. Mm-hmm. so what it really looks like when you look at Colossians as a whole is Paul saying, hey, God's a God of order, but also this, and he's struggling with what that looks like in his culture, and he ends it with y'all keep learning, y'all keep figuring this out, mm-hmm. and I think that is one thing, like, we're still, you know, we're still figuring it out, a lot of American government today is still trying to figure out, what does this freedom, I think, look like in structured situations mm-hmm. so that's just an interesting observation so, um that's where, you know, our church and a lot of, I guess a lot of Pentecost churches and other churches like that mm-hmm. are, you know, for women pastors. Sure, sure. Yeah. Oh, so yes. that bring me to question. How does, because I know we have, you said you'd be uncomfortable sitting under a woman pastor. How can we have church unity whenever there's something that big that we're just like, yeah, I can't have
3: that. Well, you know, my question is, is it that big? You know, that's that's my question. Okay. You know, it really, I mean, like, is it that big? I think we often in our, in our, um, in our Christian culture, you know, that we tend to make, um, a lot of issues, debates and, and those are great. Like I'm not against debating. I think debating is healthy, but also I think, um, oftentimes we forget the, the true, the true meaning of what we're here for, which is not to debate, which is not to debate. It's to love and serve and find ways how we, how we work together as men and women to, to accomplish that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And absolutely. there are many times I personally have had to be very, very humble and, and just have humility when I would go work in a church when I was 20 years old and they'd say, what did they send her here for?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You yes, know, that's our, our pastors say, sorry, you can't teach anybody that's a, that's a male. So you'll have no males, uh, children in your Sunday school classes to teach. You will have no males. And I mean, it's, it was a different time this was That's years and years ago I'm, I'm 55 57 sorry wow. 57 now <laughs> and so you know there was there was difficulty i went to um southwestern seminary in texas and um graduated from there with no job like there was nowhere to go i, I wasn't a children's minister that was about the only job women could actually so, so that do.
1: hasn't changed that has not changed graduate college you still don't you still don't yeah
3: exactly it's (laughs) probably worse now but for women it was in ministry it was very challenging you could be missionaries you could be you know there there were options like that but like as far as like my my dream was to be like a state um, um manager of deaf ministries i worked with deaf people for like um, forty-four years, 50, wow. 45 mm-hmm. years now. So uh, my goal was to be this, but even today, those jobs are still men's jobs. They've yeah. never had a woman in those well, positions.
0: It's, it's an interesting situation because it's one where, like, government likes to step in and be like, "Oh no, nope, they're everyone's equal," but yeah, it's religion, so they can't. So mm-hmm. it's a lot more. I don't know. It's almost like a lot more constrained because religion can do what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Freedom right. of speech results in a lack of freedom, mm-hmm. ironically.
1: Yeah. In this case.
3: And there's a lot of lack of accountability, I think, sometimes in churches trying to ch- you know, do do checks and balances on these things. There's not there's not like someone saying, Well, we have all men's staff or maybe we need a few women's staff. You know, uh same with same with even some of our, our church organizations. You know, you'll look at the board of directors or the the presidents or whatever, and there's lots of men. You know, and but oftentimes not women, not blacks, not Asians, not
0: you know. So you wouldn't be comfortable with a woman pastor of you, but that's you would me personally. Like to see women more in those positions, maybe. Like,
3: I think if that was, if I think if they chose that, like if that's what you, I've I've, I've known women ministers, yeah. and they've been highly successful, like the yeah. ones I've seen. Um. So I'm not, you know, for me personally. But for me to judge that is very challenging for me. Yeah. Does that make sense? For me to sit yeah. in judgment that you shouldn't be a woman pastor when you're doing everything correctly and there's nothing in your character that's wrong, or you know, yeah. it's it's hard for me personally to be the judge of that. That
1: makes
3: sense. And I think that's kind of what I see a lot of times. We are very, um, we scrutinize so many situations and we judge situations so much. Yeah. That we often lose the fact that this this person in this place is is serving and loving and past pastoring and shepherding people in a in a positive way. Where I may have a man pastor who doesn't do any of those things right. in, a, yeah. in a in a good way. Is is that making sense? Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: I can say for um, me growing up with my dad being a pastor and my grandpa being a pastor, um, every church we've been to. My dad probably wouldn't like, I mean, he'd be successful cause he's a great pastor, but he wouldn't be as successful if he hadn't had my mom with him because anywhere we went, like it's always seemed like as soon as we get to the church, the piano player would quit. And so my mom would have to take over. And there has been plenty of times that my mom has had to force my dad to just like not say something that he wanted to say. Um, because maybe it wasn't, wasn't in the best interest of the church, but, um, <laughs> Sometimes that happens, but um, I can say, you know, she, my mom's not the pastor, not the lead pastor, but she's been highly effective in my dad's ministry and she's been a huge driving force behind everything that my dad has done. So mm-hmm. I think definitely women have a place, mm-hmm. whether it's the main pastor or not, they still have, they're, they're still effective where they are, Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: wherever they go. Mm-hmm. That's like the uh, the saying: every great man, there is a great or greater woman. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's right. I can't remember who said that. I don't know.
0: i have to one. look it up right now. Someone smart. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> And women were highly supportive of Jesus's ministry as well. You know, clearly the, there are many characters throughout the New Testament that were highly supportive, and women were oftentimes very obedient to what Christ told them to do.
0: Yeah. Well, if you look in Acts, I think it was whenever they sent the letters out to all the main pastors in the area. And include uh, two women, but you know the debate is whether they're pastors or the ministers and whatever. We're, right. We know that they were good positions in ministry from the very beginning of the church. Mm-hmm. So exactly, Priscilla and Aquila yeah, and
3: you know? Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla and Aquila. Okay. I think that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that
0: sounds right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, that that one always yeah. interested me. And the,
3: there's there were some writings about Lydia being the mm-hmm. being the financial support to Jesus' ministry because oh. she was wealthy and had
0: had money and. So what I'm hearing is that there's no, a wealthy woman who wants to support us <laughs> on Patreon. So that? that is the most biblical option. There, there, there aren't any in this room.
3: So.
1: <laughs> That's oh, a, if you find yourself with an excess of money, uh, we will
0: <laughs> take it off of your hands. There
1: you go. <laughs> That's oh, awesome. Yeah, we got a new we,
0: microphone. In a new notebook, uh, TJ's yeah. angry that I doodle in our podcast notebook.
3: Oh, yeah. oh my goodness.
0: I doodle in everything. I have the worst ADHD. Yeah. But, um, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, that did lead me into thinking, which I had already written down, you know, a lot of times we are put in these kind of positions where, you know, a woman's only teaching the girl right. or children mm-hmm, or, you know, mm-hmm. they're only in children's ministry or women's ministry is separate from men's ministry. How does that, do you think that affects the community of the church? Like we separate so many different times and so many different sects. How is it? Well,
3: it's, it's interesting. Um, if you look at the two most successful, um, religious groups, Honestly, the two most successful Christian religious groups or um, uh, well, not really one's not Christian, but, you know, we're it's the foundation of Christianity, which is the Jewish culture mm-hmm. and yeah. the um, and we find that the um, um, Amish oh, have they are the most successful, like only like 90, 95 to 97 percent of those people leave their faith Wow! in the Jewish culture and in the Amish cultures. And both of those have, you know, they have really kind of the complementarian view of women, you know, clearly where women have a certain role and men have a certain role. So I, and I, and I do respect, honestly, the, the Jewish faith and how they, and we, and I think we should as believers, because it's the foundation to our faith. Um, um, but like they, they're the way they present their whole uh, religion is based on more of a complementarian view and i think that's interesting that that has worked pretty successfully does that if that makes sense
1: yeah, yeah. and it's, um it is Yeah. well the amish culture is directly inverse to ours mhm most mm-hmm. people <laughs> these days are trying to spread themselves out as much as possible mm-hmm. meet as many people as possible mm-hmm. learn new things mm-hmm. and the amish culture does the opposite right it's uh, as close to isolation as yeah isolation mm-hmm. nope isolationism as uh, I think Good a job. modern culture is. Mm-hmm.
3: But their whole, like, this is an interesting message I heard about the, using the table as an example. The whole, the whole focus of their belief system is the table like being around the table Mm -hmm. even in the Amish country they don't have church every couple of weeks it's not like an everyday corporate thing it's like every couple of weeks and they're they're meeting with their families at the table three times a day plus they have you know special special worship type services once a week and the Jewish culture very similar and we sort of lost that you know in our culture and I think women kind of certainly you know have um, been been part of that um, establishing that.
0: In the, in the home it's yeah. actually really interesting and mention mentioned a lot of books like uh, Pagan Christianity or love the Church that both talk about that how like now that we have this church structure where we go and listen to someone instead of go and have church with one another around a the table there's a lot of different issues that seem to arise from that and it's it's interesting that we don't just do both yeah I like, can yeah, definitely it's like too hard to do both things I look, look like back at
1: my own life and see man we stopped eating dinner together at the table it's just like hey right here's the food take it to wherever you want to go and eat it mm-hmm. or hey let's go somewhere and eat it there which
0: i think mm-hmm. that's it's less private, private so you're less likely to talk about real things i feel yeah. like
1: mm-hmm.
3: yeah. well erin can attest to this the ministry that i do here on campus is mainly like one on one like one on one discipleship and i'll meet 8 to 12 up to 15 women a day and And I do one on one discipleship with them, which I think is really powerful. I think it's probably been I tried small groups and I tried this yeah. and and there's so many things that are distracting people from going to this group or this group or this group. But when you do these one on ones with people um with women specifically, I've found it's been highly effective in helping them grow in in a in a authentic yeah. A spiritual way does that make sense? Yeah. And and I think men need that as well. I'm I'm not I don't work with men, but if I you know if I had an opportunity to, I would just say I'll speak for all men, okay, man. you speak for all men. No. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> but um, but I see you know I see the church is sort of lacking in that. Like they're yeah. having you know big groups and they're having and they have some accountability, some. But I don't I don't yeah. know. I just don't see as much of that. So I'm really an advocate okay. for that.
1: Men mm-hmm. really are more interested in creating a net, mm-hmm. maybe like, one accountability partner that they'll tell everything to is mm-hmm. what I've found. hmm But, uh, Observe. observed, yeah. And, uh, women are more likely to create, like, a connection, like, a rope bridge instead of, a, you know, and you know, just create, like, a, network, a trade yeah. network.
3: Yeah, I would agree with that. I would yeah. agree with that.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I think two of the most powerful, like, church experiences was when I was in Charleston, we had a small Bible group and it was a lot more like that net think kind of deal. Yeah. And that, I think there was like two girls and like they ended up being like eight guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mostly a guy, I think. You know, mm-hmm. We didn't make it a guy. Anybody can come. I don't care who comes. We're just going to talk about the Bible. And it was, I don't know, it was one of the most powerful church experiences in my life was the like year and a half where we did that all together. And then, um, another one though was just, I've, like, over the last few years, I've had someone I really respected move, moved back from mission trip. They went on like, a seven year mission trip. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of become like a close personal mentor. uh, Christy Hagerman, I can use her name, shout out, yeah, (laughs) but she, um, yeah, so it's crazy, like even, I think one of the most powerful, like, changing speeches, it was just a one-on-one conversation, we were on the way back from (sighs) Disney World, and um, my brother and her daughter both went with us, they were both asleep. And she just kinda of sat there and was like, Hey, here's what I think about what you're doing with your life right now. Like, oh, no, I'm not prepared. I can't get out of the car. <laughs>
3: oh my gosh. <laughs> I love
0: Christy. Yeah. That,
3: yeah. I mean, though, yeah, these lot. raw organic kind of conversations and um and I'm all about in, in those conversations like let's study the Bible and let's pray and let's all that. But more more intently am I saying, What what area in your character does not look like Christ? Like how can we how can we work together to, you know, Pick a spiritual goal and for you to work on being kind to people or, or, or stop the jealousy so you're not ruining your relationships. I can say any time so. that
2: you and I were alone together, like at lunch or something, we could just be sitting there and she'd randomly go, now what's something you've been struggling with? Yeah. I'm like,
0: mm. well, I mean, yeah. The, the hard stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Like, Absolutely. It, it, it would just be well, a lull. What are you struggling yeah, with? Sense, what's something you think the church is struggling with? We well, I tell
3: you, I th- I think the biggest thing is our is scrutiny. Like we just scrutinize everything and everyone. Sounds
0: like mm-hmm. that would get in the way of church unity it, and love.
3: It, it gets in the way of love. And so, how can we love people well yeah. when we're always scrutinizing even even each other as believers? You know, we're scrutinizing yeah. each other all the time. So how do we how do you know how do we get past that? And one thing I've been focusing on particularly this year is like. Uh, well, actually, this was last year's theme, but it's been floating over. But like theme in my life, but like forgiving quickly and often. Forgiving quickly and often. So I think that's that's the way the church, you know, will get to a place, I think, where they're finding themselves to have more um, releasing release. We're resisting to release it. But this judgmentalism. And scrutiny of everything is, is huge, I think. And we're resisting to release it because it brings us, we think we're getting to control it, but we're actually being eaten alive by it. And unless we release that and begin to love people well.
0: Well, I have a lot of non-Christian friends. I think that's pretty much what they think of the church is that that's all it is. Mm -hmm. So uh, so we're going to diagnose that as the big problem of the church right now. Mm-hmm. what's um that definitely gets in the way of love and church unity what's what's something practical someone's listening I'm trying to wrap up so okay what's something practical someone's listening to this and they're like oh hey what can i do to fix this what can mm-hmm. an individual person do today right now
3: well i think in our own relationships in our own families in our own you know that's where we have to start in our own personal lives yeah. and say what what area of my life am i judging people what what place in my life what what relationship am i judging and how do I remedy that? You know, what, what brings me to a place where I'm saying, you know, this is clearly a problem and I need to love this person. I don't have to like everybody, but I've got to find a way to love everyone. And so that's, that's where I would go with that.
0: So if every person does that, mm-hmm. what change will we see? So they start, they do what you said just then. They do it and mm-hmm. they chase after it. They forgive whoever, love everybody. Mm-hmm. What change are they gonna see in their lives and at their church? Right. What are the uh, ramifications of you just wanted to use that yeah, word. I do
3: Well I think I think this I think the result what I personally see when, when we start working on, on things like this and this particular thing, I think I think peace reigns when you can forgive people quickly and often. Peace is something and desperately and, Yes. Absolutely. And and also we, we I'm just gonna flip that around, we judge and, and and scrutinize ourselves a lot sometimes in a negative way. So, so practicing right. that in your own life and and saying, "Look, I'm not perfect," and forgive, you know, forgiving yourself and forgiving others, loving yourself well in Christ, and then loving others well. What's
0: that whole commandment of love others as you love yourself? Part mm-hmm. of that is loving yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Self detrimentalism has definitely become very, very prevalent. In yes, the
1: past it's almost popular five or ten years because mm-hmm. it's the easiest way to be funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and there's it's
3: such a, a lack of hope in that there's no hope and that's something you know i try every day every day like my boss my recent boss is like jesus wins like jesus wins just yeah. keep saying it over and over jesus wins of,
0: like the the totally max thing he has a song and then he does like ever since it's been a long time since he's that. all the pictures he posts on his facebook and instagram all of them have that little hashtag speak life mm-hmm. it's a big thing he's just, yes a, just, Yes, yeah, just speaking
3: it. Yeah, we got to give hope to this generation. There's so many of them. Um, you know, I'm I'm fifty-seven, so so many of the ones I work with are the next generation. And they they're uh, many of them walk around hopeless because of all the craziness that they're seeing in the world, all the things that they're affected by, all the things they're distracted by. Yeah. And so my hope and my goal is like less Jesus has to be your source of everything. He has to be. And if you do that, if you rise above this stuff that's going on here, you'll live in his kingdom here on earth, not this kingdom. Wow.
0: Yeah. Does that make sense? That's a good note. I like that. So now the last thing we do is our God moment of the week. It's something where we just talk about something that God's done this week that's made an impact on us or something Mm -hmm. we noticed in our prayer or just something something spiritual. Mm -hmm. He gave thanks for... what was the last, oh, last time he gave thanks for the podcast? That yeah, was okay. that actually yeah. it. No, <laughs> I think the podcast was my god moment yeah, you, of you last a, week. Yeah, you, you have a bigger one this one, yeah. yeah, Like a hundred ounce. I like so got <laughs> <ounces laughs> <bigger. laughs> a, a hundred ounce. Bigger. hundred ounce. Go ahead and start. Uh, so
1: we went to the Circle K <laughs> on the way home from our last <laughs> podcast recording. And uh, Circle K sells the most American thing possible, <laughs> which is a 100 ounce cup. <laughs> and uh, That's almost just, a whole 12-pack, right? 12. Right. Uh, yeah. A 12-pack of 12 cans is, you know, yeah. someone can do math that's listening to this. Yeah, yeah. 12 times 12, yeah. This is 44 <laughs> ounces smaller than an entire 12-pack. That's insane. But, uh, I'll, yeah, I give thanks to God for uh, providing, you know, such a blessing. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> not nice, <well, well>, well, <laughs> nice in that day. era where you could have... Uh, one, one refill every other day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. So, uh, my my God moment of the week, oddly enough, it extends from the last podcast. So, I forgot how much I just love intellectual conversation. And I've actually been thinking about it. Like, I remember one of the classes I had with Dr. Beck, he talked a lot about how one method of worship is... Through thought, just thinking about God, to meditating on things, God, and what that really meant, and he was like, "Yeah, scholarly thought can be a form of worship if you just do it." Which you know, we live in a very charismatic church where like worship seems very emotional driven most of the time. Yeah, Cause, you know, when they say worship, they usually All mean the we're going to sing some songs and people are going to be emotional for a while. Oh yeah. huh. So I remember that really enlightened me back then, and it's almost like not, not that I forgot it, but that I hadn't been practicing it, and. I don't know just really spoke to me that there's a mode of worship that i feel more comfortable with that i feel like i've been partially neglecting and yeah so i think god just challenged me so my god moment of the week's a challenge i guess yeah I to think know. more and be less dumb <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, my fiance's here and her god moment of the week is that we got engaged we <laughs> that was i was gonna say it that was
1: you were gonna say
3: it was
0: <laughs> i was this no.
1: is my fiance tiffany that doesn't count that was what's your god moment we... of the week
2: no we got engaged sunday it's been exactly a week
1: yeah, so that was last week. Yeah. Well,
2: you know what? It still counts.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I'm engaged to yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Aww. Lucky me. <laughs> yeah, lucky. yeah, we have like a lot of cheesy faces. All right, Harris you know? and everything. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose my... God moment of the week is a bunch of moments. Um, I keep getting emails of all the grades I'm getting in, and they're all pretty good. So that means I'm going to actually graduate this weekend. So, woo.
0: praise the Lord!
2: Woo. Oh, yeah. woo, woo. The last four years I that haven't was. been
3: fake.
0: Did you get a hundred and ounce I, cup in those four years? Did
2: stuff? I get a hundred ounce cup? No. That sounds
0: mm.
3: uh, like a four. Might year be a nice graduation gift for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'll be expecting that this Saturday.
3: Okay, so Ooh, I'll roll mine. up in there. You would <laughs> with your with the with the big cup. Hello,
1: graduation.
0: Yeah. And, uh, uh and, and, someone
1: bought me a
0: second one of these, for like yeah, if someone got that for me for like a engagement present, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Cool. Get two. <laughs> get two.
3: Yeah, right, Decorate get to. it. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I've also been told to say that this wasn't this week, but it was a couple weeks ago that I got a job, so that's good. I did get to visit my classroom last week, so that was fun. How cool is this? It was actually kind of lame. But I'm gonna make it cool.
0: I'm gonna you know, tell like she'll all she'll make of it those amazing. Students. I meant like God, 67 degrees, 70 degrees high. I, cool you know, them.
2: I felt comfortable
0: <laughs> I the whole time. I
2: love the things that
1: come out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Can I gotta raise. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, okay. My okay.
2: So that, got that was raised. actually this week. I oh, <laughs> I did realize. Yeah, I did now, find out. Now that no that I know why he
3: gave play. you the ring. Yeah. Because you gotta raise.
2: No, I'm just kidding. just kidding. Yeah, she's gonna
0: be paying me back for a buck. Yeah. I
2: did find out that across the board in Greenville County, all teachers are getting a raise, so that was good. Cool. Yeah. Oh, oh, awesome. Are you, so you in Greenville, Greenville praise County? Praise mm-hmm. Oh, good. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Sweet. This has become the God celebration. Yeah. Moment. Yes. This is the yes. praise yes. moment. Yeah, yes. praise, Woo-hoo. praise, Woo-hoo. Yeah, it's been Hallelujah. a good week. It turns out. Yeah.
3: Okay, is it my turn? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Finale. The finale. is I was riding, I was riding around in the cube about. Midnight, you know, because that's when I'm working. I usually work late at night, guys, just letting you know. It's late um, early in the morning. I work here. That and I, I, mean, I hang you just out had with another other jobs. No, I just, I work here all day until about 11 at night. So it's kind of crazy. But anyway, I'm riding around the cube around 11 or 12. And we pull in the parking lot. And there's all these people sitting in the parking lot. And I'm like, what is going on? So then I have my window down. And I've got people, I meet with somebody in the car. And then some girl comes around the corner and she's like, a girl just accepted Jesus in this parking lot. And I was like, that's amazing. And so that's my godmom for the week. And that's so cheesy. Oh, but praise. It's so cheesy, but I like it. So much praise. Yes, I
0: like the yes. Praise. Now, was I the one who didn't like, do a praise thing? What? I think I was the one who didn't do a praise thing. I did, yeah, God challenged me once. Yeah, I should, I should do a praise report. Yeah, crazy for crazy. And Go she's for still it. talking to me and that's, that's my because I'm incredibly oh, no. annoying. Yeah, so,
2: I can vouch
0: for that. Yeah, I'm
3: impressed. I'm she's, sort of annoying She's sticking too. it out. But,
0: but we love you. Oh, okay, Thanks. Plus we did two podcasts this week and I got to travel like a total of let's see, there's six hours there and back. It's going to be about four-and-a-half here, Mag. A lot. Yeah, it's a lot. I, think, yeah, a lot I probably drove like 12 hours. In the
2: past weekend. month, we've gone to Cumberland Island, Georgia. We then went to Topsail Island for a wedding. Then oh, we went that's to, to Tennessee. Tennessee.
0: Have we been to Virginia this last somewhere. month? Was that I, right don't that was, that. I don't know if that was... I
2: don't know. We went to Tennessee. That's and then... That's where
0: that's
2: we are. We went to Charleston.
0: Oh, yeah. I've been to Charleston twice in like the last week.
3: <laughs> oh, my goodness
0: i Y'all get around. Like, yeah, and for yes. so those who know we me, fish I chips. just love to travel. Oh, we had fish and chips. That's, that's my true. praise. That's Lord. praise. I really good food. <laughs> I got to have fish and the chips. The Codfather in Charleston. Shout <laughs> out to the
3: The Codfather? Yeah. yeah that's that's really,
0: oh, cool. wow. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. really crazy. If you happen to be UK, anywhere near Charleston you sh- and like fish, you should go to the Codfather. Okay. time That's the
3: first place he took me when we
0: went to Charleston. Nice. Yeah. It's also the only place I took him to eat in Charleston. If anyone wants to go to Charleston with me, I'll take you to the Codfather. I probably won't nice. pay for you, but, you know. I'll really? well, let you pay for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I didn't offer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alright, so... Uh, so, praises... Praise wrapped up. Anybody else have any any more praises? I praise God for all the praises. So, yeah,
1: there you go.
0: Yeah. Alright, so... You wanna start wrapping this up? Um, uh, yeah. Uh,
1: follow us on Facebook if you haven't. Instagram. Uh, support us on Patreon if you will. We've yeah, got the, uh, the the giveaway. giveaway,
0: and the first twenty-one the... until the twenty-first, and we get the the daily devotionals with that. We do reflections of the week where we talk about right. movies for some reason, and also podcast devotionals. Everything we do on our weekly yeah, lives, too long didn't listen. Yeah, that's a um, great series.
1: Anything we decide to do extra, we will put on on the Patreon. Yeah, I think it's worth it.
0: Yeah, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, also follow us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, anywhere you can follow us. Uh, if you leave a comment on Stitcher, iTunes, yeah, you leave like a comment all on two iTunes, people that use that. Yeah. Yeah. If you leave a comment on iTunes, it allows more people to see us and see what we're doing, and they'll be like, "Oh, here's what's hot," and it'll be us, and that'll be weird for us, but it'll be cool. We'd appreciate it. Right. And of course, we read some of the iTunes comments on here. So even if you
2: don't specifically listen to it on iTunes, just go to iTunes anyway and comment. Yeah.
1: Also, you know, we, definitely. share it. Yeah. That's all I yeah, hear about. Yeah, on yeah, Direct message <laughs> us on uh, any social media platform. Email us at the call if, if you, you have my number. Come. If you don't have my
0: number, it's. And, I told uh, uh, them before. <laughs> just go to my apartment and shout outside the window. The window's usually up. I'll probably hear you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, if we you just have, want feedback. Yeah, huh? we don't want people to be like, oh, that was so cool. We, we actually want to hear Gina feedback. We read last time um, someone yeah. talk about how our mic needs to be better. We got yeah. to agree with him. That was cool. Yeah, he's right. Yeah. Either yeah. Either yeah. Either yeah.
1: So uh, if you have basically. your own God moment of the week, please email us at church at
0: Yeah. And then, what's some future guests? Uh, future guests. We have Tim Coulter. I'm really excited yeah, to have of The church got a prophecy. States. Oh. Uh, also the state overseer for South Carolina, George McLaughlin, Donald Whitney. At the end of, That's one I'm the most excited about. At the end of this summer, we're looking to go up to Lowell and talk to him. And For those who don't know, he's a really popular author. His books are usually used in most colleges for their disciple classes and different stuff like that. I don't know we used him in discipleship when I was in
1: Charleston Southern. So, cool. um, of course, at the end of season one, we are going to have Francis Chan. Yeah, he just doesn't uh, know it so yet. Yeah. yeah he's oh. unaware. Right? Oh, okay. We're just not ending season one until he agrees to be on the podcast. This, this could be <laughs> years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks.
3: Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye.